Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm Becky. And this is How to Not Get Killed. When you when you said hi, I'm Haley. I don't know if you saw, but I had the biggest urge to just cut you off and be like, and I'm Becky, <laughs> and just like yell over you. But I controlled myself. You should. You should do that next time. Okay. Should we just try? Like, Let me just note that down. <laughs> <laughs> should we just try like screwing with each other every time we do our intro? Okay. I don't know, man. It's gonna annoy people really quickly, but <laughs> maybe not every time. Maybe like you know, once in a while. Once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to start, well, start thinking of something. Well, because just the one time when I was like, "No, I'm Haley," you did pause and look at me, confused for a second. I was confused. Good, it worked. Just for a second, it worked. You know, and well, then my brain was like, "No, no, no, she's messing with you. You really <laughs> this are." This is Haley. a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Humor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I figured it out in the end. Uh, it took a while. <laughs> uh, I had to explain it to her a few times, but oh, we always do this. Now we're touching toes her again. Clammy feet are all over me. Get your socks remember, on. You can't even feel that. Oh, I can, can feel, you feel through your socks. Uh-oh. Very moist. I was just telling Becky that I need. I want a new pair of slippers, but I need to be very selective because my feet, like they can't be too warm, or else my feet will get clammy. Yeah, it happens. I don't know. <gasps> just oh, I don't know if you guys heard that, but clammy I clammy problem punched my mic into. The- <laughs> Into the stratosphere, basically. <laughs> it moved like half an inch. <laughs> and I'm like, it's fucking floating around <laughs> outer space. All right. All right. Oh, all I'm right. already sick of myself. <laughs> anything, you know, anything new? Is there anything new we have to share? I got a new pen. She did. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, Becky gets excited about like yeah. uh, stationery <laughs> and like uh, writing utensils and yes. lots of, you know. Anything yep. to do with writing in her agenda, usually slash note taking yes. slash. Yeah. I sometimes, yeah, just writing stuff down. I, I have very, but I'm very particular about like my pens and my highlighters and stuff. Like I, I real, I'll only I, use certain ones. I know you are. Because remember that, time, was it last year or something where I was like, I feel like you would have an answer to this, but do you know any really good pen brands? <laughs> and then I literally was like, hang on. And I'm, oh my God. And I took a video for you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> took a video for you that's so embarrassing do you still have that video probably it's probably like in our conversation somewhere it probably is you know what we'll share that footage with you guys because i think i was like writing with a pen and i was like oh this is the worst pen ever and i was just <laughs> like, like you know what you know who's my gonna have tried all of them and have them ranked from like quality to like the yeah, worst ones is probably also yeah it's probably a spreadsheet <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I dragged Drew to uh, Staples last week because I ran out of my, well, I, I buy like the Sharpie set of highlighters. That's mm-hmm. what I color code my agenda with. Mm-hmm. And obviously there are certain colors that I run out of faster than other colors. Mm-hmm. Like work, for example, that highlighter, I got to change that out every other week pretty yeah. much. <laughs> but like, yeah, so there's certain ones. So I have them on rotation. And I tried to explain this to Drew in Staples and I've never had him like look at me for as long as he did. And like I could see him questioning like, why am I with this person? 
because I was like, so what I do when I get home? <laughs> I like broke it down and he's just like staring into my eyes like, oh, this is the real person that I haven't known about for seven years. The truth is finally coming out. So I explained the whole rotation method I use. I'm not going to go into it here because it's like Monica explaining to Richard why the tag needs to be on the one end of the bag. I understand (laughs) it. Like, I know. I know. There's always a reason. There is. Yeah. To me. (laughs) It's not a bad quality to have to be ultra organized. I mean, like, that's not a bad. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. I I can't. I can't remember who it was, but someone tried to insult me by calling me type A. And I was like, thank you. And they were like, no, that was supposed to be. And I was like, no, no, I know what it was supposed to be, but thank you. (laughs) I've had this conversation with people in my program before when I did like um, my communicative disorders assistant program and then also in speech language pathology because when I started my CDA program, the first day was when people started saying it, when all the teachers and stuff were talking about um, like what's ahead in the year and the the demand and all that stuff, the coursework and everything. And they're like, you know what? Like, you know, I know that you guys are all going to be fine because you're all type A and blah, blah, blah. And there's this like stereotype, I guess, in like speech and language and like those types of careers that everyone is like type A. I remember sitting there and being like, fuck, am I in the wrong career? Because <laughs> I'm so not type A. But you have type A qualities. I think I have some type A qualities, but I'm I definitely would not describe myself as a type a personality and i had this conversation with one of my placement supervisors who she she said herself she's like i'm also not type a like i'm definitely more like sometimes fly by the seat of my pants (laughs) and like q or whatever not not unorganized but we just talked about how um we're good like we're good on the spot and things like that even if we do plan something but some people like plan everything to a T, but in speech and stuff, you could be in a session. Like you just have to like, you just, some things you planned oh, yeah. eight activities and none of them worked. So you just got to figure something out oh, on yeah. the fly. And that's a different type of skill. And she's like, you, you have a lot of that. And so like, that's, there's pros and cons to everything. 100%. Right. And, um, and it just being like, cause I'm talking to her about it where I was like, am I going to fail in this <laughs> career if I'm not a type A person? Cause every, there was like, so yeah, many leave. comments, like eight different teachers would make comments about like, well, because we know you guys are all type A. And I'm like, you just met all of us. Like, Sometimes <laughs> though, I, I've had professors say stuff like that where I feel like they're being sarcastic. Oh, fair enough. Where they're like, uh, mine just, definitely weren't. <laughs> they're just hoping that, you know, we're all like diligent students. Oh, fair enough. Cause like yeah, I've maybe had you're professors, hoping, but like, cause I know you guys have all read your books like cover to cover. And it's like, well, you're being sarcastic. You must be joking. <laughs> you must be joking. That's a hilarious joke. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Then, yeah, I was just like, I got worried for a bit, but I'm fine now. Here Are I you am. fine? Are you okay? I think so. I guess I, I haven't so. technically graduated yet, but I graduated that well, let's program. See. What if like, what if on the last day they're like, okay, we got to take your personality quiz and this is your pass or fail mark. <laughs> you can't be a speech pathologist <laughs> Ooh, unless, sorry. unless you color code your agenda, yeah. which I do though. You do. Yeah. We've talked about this. Remember, yeah, I was going to, you know what? We should just wrap this part <laughs> up because I, I was going to bring up how we, we've already talked about this when we went to Megan's place and we just like shared our agendas and went over each of the color codings. Yeah. <laughs> and all of them just looked at us like we were on crack. And it's like, but it's like, do you, and do you have reasons for the colors? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yes. If anyone wants a tour of my agenda, I'm happy to show you. I see for podcast stuff, I I do purple because it's your favorite color. Oh. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I see I do it as this like peachy red color. Nice. With that's the highlighter and then I use like a darker red pen to write in cuz the red, the red blood. that's our color. Blood. Yeah. Yeah, blood, blood. 
<laughs> do you remember that video blood with a little kid no oh I'll sh- i gotta Wait, show it to you it was like what? a U- uh, youtuber i can't remember there's like a little kid and um someone cut themselves or something and he's like blood oh no i don't remember that yeah i can't i gotta see this now yeah <laughs> oh see sometimes when i say blood i'm thinking of i don't know if you've ever watched eastbound and down no oh a stevie what the one time that fucking kenny powers is getting like sort of re-scouted for anybody that's listening that has seen it and i don't know uh, an altercation goes down and stevie's like trying to like defend kenny powers whoever's listening to this that has seen it is gonna get it and he just like goes to chase after the um like the the talent scout or whatever his name is and he's just like that's right ass blood (laughs) and like (laughs) so i always say ass blood like that to like literally fair enough drew twice a day (laughs) (laughs) and that's it that was my joke for the day (laughs) here we go and this is why we picked the imagery for our logo no i'm kidding (laughs) ass blood (laughs) if anyone didn't know it is ass blood no but that's yeah yeah that's the color in my agenda for (laughs) for recording stuff maybe one day we'll show we'll show you guys we'll take a picture of our of like our planners yeah and and people can can see yeah what because we use the same you can see when my menstruation cycles happen (laughs) (laughs) that's actually the one thing i don't put in my agenda i i don't either i I know know some people do okay no some people do well fair enough yeah i don't no no but i put everything else in there like what time i wake up and what time i'm eating dinner and what time i'd like to go to sleep (laughs) but then don't (laughs) but then i don't i know i have i think um i think it's my fitbit app where like there was a thing where you could set a reminder for like i don't know like your bedtime not like you're gonna forget but it's just like (laughs) half an hour before it'll send you a message where it's like it's time to wind down yes and every time i get it and i'm like i'm still on the couch just munching on chips smoking yeah. weed and watching like, whenever TV. i get that i'm always like, I'm like i'm not going to bed <laughs> whenever i get that i'm like on the couch like technically relaxing yeah i say technically because like we all know i've i'm never at a fully relaxed state i it's stress city all the time but it'll be like time to wind down i'm like oh, i better get on it like it like stresses me out that i haven't already started winding or like down. if you've had a really full day yeah. and like i'm finally sitting down and eating dinner at like 10 o'clock at night and it's Which like happens. time to wind down and i'm like oh no <laughs> get off my back would you <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> like yeah. yeah yeah that was last night for me it doesn't work for me <laughs> no 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 if anything it just adds stress to my plate <laughs> yeah. so sorry for the world's longest intro about nothing at all yeah whatever skip yeah. it if you don't care yeah i don't even know what we talked about now i, I actually already <laughs> forget what we talked about well I forget. well we we are here back with another we are here installment of the bleeding london series because guess what london still sucks yeah <laughs> It See, still sucks. We're still here in London and yes. Yep. It is. Haven't technically like moved away and yet we know how much it sucks. Yeah. So it's kind of like a conundrum. Especially, you know, especially in the 60s and 70s. Gosh, it I really I wonder sucked. if it's gotten better. The amount of times I've asked my parents where I'm like, how did you guys survive? How did you live through this? Rose probably just talked her way out of everything. <laughs> She can swindle her way out of any situation. Or someone was like, I'm not taking her. She's too loud. <laughs> she talks too much. <laughs> oh, no, I love that woman. Yeah, if we do. Listening. We, we love her. <laughs> I think she her. says she listens. She doesn't really. My no. dad listens to the odd episode. Does he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Bill. Hello. He he does. But um, 
I think yeah I think my mom listened to like one and then she's like your entire podcast is amazing and it's yeah. just like I yeah, listened you've heard to one all episode, of it but yeah fair <laughs> like, enough yeah we listened to the one that we told you we were doing your shout out in. it doesn't matter she'll tell everyone as yeah. if she's listened to every episode how yeah. how good she thinks it is so that's all we care about <laughs> and we could be talking smack about her in here she has no idea <laughs> um but yeah so we're we're mm-hmm. i'm doing another bleeding london episode i think i mentioned before um with the last episode that i'm going to be going through well, some some of these some of these cases are most of them are unsolved some of them are but just there's a lot of people mostly women there are some boys as well um that are mentioned in murder city and forest mm-hmm. city killer that um i want to talk about these victims so I'm, I'm grouping them in the way that makes the most sense to me some of them aren't going to really have any connections it's just going to be you know there isn't enough information to just do one so i'm gonna have you know two or three in an episode and they might not have any connection but just so i can cover them like i said in the way that makes some sense i guess but i just want to i don't want to leave anyone out especially someone else has put a lot of research into putting them into the books that i've been reading so i want to do that justice so we're going to talk about two unrelated um, murders today that happened in the 60s okay. in London. Uh, one of them is unsolved still, and one of them was solved. Mm-hmm. But we will get to that. So, well, f- close it up. Case is solved. <laughs> Case and that was the episode. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, safe to say, even with the solved case, I mean, these, yeah, it's, I got to the end of writing and I was like, oh gosh, this is so depressing. I told Luke about it actually. Oh. Uh, I will talk about it afterwards, but I told Luke about the one that is solved and he was like, can we talk about something else? Can we talk about <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite dark and he's uh, just, yeah. I'm not ready now. I'm ready. Sometimes like, I mean, he's not really into true crime that much, but sometimes he'll humor me. But sometimes he's like, I can't listen to this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. See, yeah, like I, I'll have those moments often with Drew, like especially if I'm like watching a documentary about something particularly heavy. Like, yeah. I, so we both talked about how we started the Gacy documentary. Oh, the John Wayne Gacy. Yes. One. Yes. Uh, and like, so there's been like so many parts where I'll like pause it and be like, isn't that fucked? And then, and he'll be like, yes, <laughs> it is fucked. Of course. Why are you this is watching terrible. this? terrible. And he's like, but you're just sitting there watching it. And I'm like, it's fucked. He's just like, yeah, so again, why are you watching it? Like, I know. And he just, he's not computing it. But I know. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things where you're like, you just can't really explain it. I actually started crying the other day when I was watching it. I can't remember why. It wasn't something specific to the documentary. I think it was just. He just felt like, like crying. These just, pe- these families talking about yes. like losing their son and all this stuff or like their missing son. And it just like sometimes there's just certain days where it just hits you differently and i was just like i'm sitting there and like why do i do this myself yeah but oh, we always come back there was one part in it that fucked me up um he's talking about I, is it in the last episode because i haven't seen the last I, episode. how many episodes are there's there? three it's three parts then i don't know which episode it was in is it at the end it's just a comment okay uh, it's just a comment Fair enough. and then maybe if you haven't heard it yet when you go to hear it it might hit you the same way mm-hmm. so you've seen my mountain of clothes on my chair currently because mm-hmm. i haven't had time to they're all clean they're all clean guys don't worry they're clean clothes i've just got a mountain i haven't had time to go through the closet switch over <laughs> yeah they're just covering anyways, the rats yeah. anyways no one gives a shit now i have feel like i have to explain my messy <laughs> arrangement to everybody but anyways so i have this thing where if i need to sit at my desk i have to 
fucking lift the entire mountain up Mm -hmm. and plop it on the bed. And it like, I've been like throwing my back out, (laughs) moving this mountain (laughs) twice a day. But so at night when I'm like, okay, well, I don't need my desk anymore. I can move it from my bed back to the chair, my chair, my computer chair is like right beside my bed. Mm -hmm. Anyways, he says in the documentary at one point how one of the bodies, I won't say just in case if you haven't gotten to that part yet, was just like on his bed no longer alive Mm -hmm. but he was like well how am i supposed to get to bed i have to move this stuff now like he's talking saying that like the reason why he just moved this body just like nonchalantly was because like it was just some things in his way before getting to bed Mm -hmm. and like he's just like you know like when you got to just move some stuff out of the way before going to bed that's what i had to do i just had to move them out of my way and it was just like as soon as he like said that so nonchalantly i like looked at my like mountain of clothes and i was like so to him that was just like a regular I'm just going to move some things out of the way before going to bed and it's a dead body. And here I am complaining about moving my fucking clothes out of the way before going to bed. It just like hit different. It was one of those things like where I was just like, he took something normal and made it terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And he, yeah, I know watching that because I said I've watched the, yeah, two, two out of the three parts. I've for sure seen, yeah. And he's like, he's just such an arrogant prick yeah like he's just oh gosh like i don't know it's just it's upsetting to watch yeah Yeah. we will cover him oh absolutely absolutely yes yes that's happening for sure so obviously one of the one of the big ones but it's yeah he's that's gonna be like a four-parter i know i'm like there's so much because i because i was watching it i was like oh my god I'm, i'm more than halfway through i'm like they haven't even talked about the clowns yet Okay, then maybe, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. They have now, but it was like like halfway through episode two. And I was like, they haven't even, sorry, they haven't even mentioned it yet. And then they, and then they mention it in episode two. But I'm like, that's, that's the thing that everyone talks about. They're like, oh yeah, the clown guy. Yeah. The one that was a party clown. I'm like, that's only 10% of the creepy shit that he did. That's that's it. Yeah. It's honestly, it is arguably the least creepy thing he's done. Absolutely. Like, (laughs) Like it got to that part and I was like, now it's i guess that's like it's not even yeah. as abnormal when you have all the information that they've given yeah. you beforehand where i'm like okay yeah i guess that makes sense yeah. too like yeah. i don't know he's just yeah he's a strange one yeah i went on a tangent about that sorry yeah yeah this episode actually isn't about john wayne gacy no. if anyone didn't realize it's i'm like looking it's been 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> okay. okay so okay. So I will, yeah, I'll start with <laughs> Margaret Sheeler, who is the first, um, the first case that I'm going to talk about today. So Margaret Sheeler had grown up in Essex County, mm-hmm. where she met her husband Philip while still in high school. This is back in the, she, I mean, she would have been in high school in the late 50s, early 60s. Okay. Um, I'll get to the year that this actually takes place, but yeah. So she met her husband while in high school after being together for a couple of years it didn't really say how long margaret got pregnant but they weren't married yet and this is that's a fucking sin the shame right yeah so she she should just be very ashamed yeah 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 Yeah. of course i'm kidding like how dare she how dare how dare anyone yeah honestly (laughs) no you know what do you absolutely (laughs) um well she okay so she got pregnant in early july of 1963 okay so her and philip got married in october of the same year because okay. again, so, so not born sort of like out of wedlock a, we're good they're safe not born conceived out of wedlock of <gasps> course but 
<laughs> but not born out of wedlock. So they saved themselves there, I guess, from all a little of bit of redemption. humiliation and shame. Yeah. Um, from the, the stoning <laughs> that they would have faced. Yeah. The, uh, the couple soon relocated to London. Okay. Where they bought a newly constructed townhouse on a street. I didn't I didn't know this existed in London until this case. I don't know if you did. Um, the Bridal Path in London. Where's that? It's off of Kipps Lane. It's called the bridal path. It was modeled after like the bridal path in North York, which I, some of you might have heard of, but like where like all the richest people in Canada live. Like, it's, you, you've never heard of no the bridal path. Oh, okay, no. It's like a massive like gated community in North York. Like Drake lives there, and like all oh, the, like, billionaires. Oh, North York's and, like two seconds away from me. Yeah, it's it's like I can like take a step there. I can't like, actually. I don't know, like ten twenty million dollar homes, and like it's all gated, and everyone drives Whoa. like really nice cars and shit yeah it's like the the i don't know richest neighborhood in canada i think okay we'll look it up after okay for you. Yeah. yeah okay all right you can do like an aerial view you can see it because it's in oh. like it's not out in the middle of nowhere like it's in the city but when you do an aerial view of it you can see there's so much land because like they're just rich yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a Must bunch be of nice. pools and stuff <laughs> yeah um so i love how pools automatically equal uh, you're rich <laughs> like, well they're they, you should see these pools yeah <laughs> oh, shit i'm so excited um Let's so this was because bridal path has been around for so long london was trying to like have its own bridal path mm. i guess but they if you go like i did a google view of it or whatever the other day it's just a road like in the 60s i'm sure it was nice because you were like but newly now constructed it's condos now you look at it, it's just like regular brownstone condos like, okay. like not even nice ones, like just like the ones that have been around since yeah. and the it's, 60s. And like it's, it's like, probably the same ones these no guys offense, live in. Kipps Lane and it's area. off of Kipps Lane, which for anyone who's not from London is has been known for a, a long time of. to be like probably one of the worst areas in london yeah. i know not the safest area that's let's put it that way but well, yeah because it's like adelaide kipps lane mm -hmm. and then like bridal path so it's sort of like adelaide and kipps lane is like really one of those spots for a long time that was like you, huh. you don't want to be you don't want to be there yeah you don't you definitely don't want to be there at night no. but even sometimes during the day you don't even want to be in that area so yeah. bridal path is just right off of interesting it's just okay. this little street so i thought that was kind of funny but anyways it's back then it, it was probably a, a bit of like an uppity yeah. up and coming neighborhood you know okay. so they they got a townhouse there and uh philip worked in the regional management division within a chain of the grocery stores okay so he had a he had a good job and he but he was apparently a heavy drinker mm. and quite abrasive some would describe him as okay which is probably the reason why apparently margaret's parents didn't like him very much mm. but you know they got pregnant sometimes so the in-laws never get along with you know sometimes it happens oh yeah yeah it happens but uh this is the 60s and she got pregnant by him so she's stuck with him forever yes. um and by december of that year so we're still in 1963 margaret was five and a half months pregnant um and she started to get worried about her husband because it was december so getting close to christmas he was off work for the holidays and it sounds like he just didn't really know what to do with himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're being honest, early 60s, like the man of the house would work and the woman would be the homemaker. So he's off work for a couple of weeks. He's a heavy drinker. He, maybe he didn't have any hobbies. Like he just did, didn't have anything to do. So he's just drank more. 
Yeah, that sounds like a good hobby to have. Yeah. So <laughs> she's, she was getting worried because he's home all the time now and he's just yeah. drinking more and more throughout the day. Whereas normally it'd be like, well, you go to work all day probably and come home and start drinking. Yeah. Now it's just sort of like... I don't know. Might as well fill my day with some with some Jack in my cereal. <laughs> like, I don't know. So she uh, naturally was not not having the greatest time. Apparently he was making some like offhand statements about how like he never should have married her and oh, all this no. stuff. And like just it just honestly didn't sound like they were getting along very well. I'm sure the drinking didn't help, but maybe they it never does. Maybe they didn't have the most affectionate relationship beforehand. Who knows? That's possible. I don't know. But um, on top of this. Margaret had actually been followed to London by a former lover of hers who was being quite persistent. Okay. Did she know she had been followed by this person? I think or? I think so. Okay. Okay. It yeah, from what I could find, it doesn't say whether they even had contact or anything like that. It just said and it did it I couldn't find anything that said that he was like actually stalking her. Okay. It's just that she moved to London and also did he <laughs> that's not the right order of words also, also did, he? did he question mark question <laughs> he, mark he also moved to london i guess and i'm okay. sure maybe he might have been reaching out but it, yeah. i couldn't find anything that like he was showing up at their house or right. calling her like, i don't stalking. know i can't comment yeah. on that but he also moved to london um so on december 27th margaret and philip had plans to host a dinner party that um that night there was a massive snowstorm that rolled in around 7 p.m. Okay. And um, despite the weather being quite bad, the couple that they had invited um, got there only an hour late. So they arrived around 8 p.m. And they were they still wanted to come. And they were like, yeah, we'll be there. We're just going to be there a bit late. So okay. they showed up around 8 p.m. They arrived to Philip with holding a glass of liquor in his hand, pacing around the house in a very nervous manner, kind of like just a bit manic it sounds okay. like okay just stressed also, at the very least yeah in some way yeah. also margaret wasn't anywhere to be found okay so suspicious yeah yeah they were probably like uh <laughs> we came here to party <laughs> considering the little i know about what philip was like being just but him being described as a heavy drinker and abrasive and things like that maybe they just like didn't even want to ask i don't know that would be strange to me but they just kind of got there and they're like um we should go okay like where's margaret but they didn't like they didn't ask right away they're oh. just like okay maybe she's doing something. coming back or i don't know yeah. but they just pushed on trying to kind of like pretend like everything was normal while philip continued to just like toss back drink after drink oh. and kind of like rattle off profanities under his breath just like swearing to himself why would and you like why do you want to hang out talking to himself i know honestly at this point but I'd be it's like, also like a terrible snowstorm outside so maybe they're like we made the trek all the way here and we're like <laughs> let's at least at least get this guy entertain fed. Us. yeah <laughs> i don't know um but eventually they realized that there was a burning roast in the oven um and they went into the kitchen and saw that like all the hors d'oeuvres and stuff were like half repaired on the counter like it looks like margaret just left in the middle of everything okay so that was startling to them and so they started to ask philip about margaret like it did something happen like yeah you know where it, and he said that <laughs> where's our food where like, she, yeah also like you burned the roast yeah. now we know we're not gonna get fed. the hors d'oeuvres are only half prepared we might as well get some gossip <laughs> like, yeah. honest, it's like, might as well gossip <laughs> um 
so yeah the only thing you could obviously offer them was probably booze so yeah. <laughs> well he probably drank it all so they <laughs> yeah, probably don't even have, have that, that. <laughs> um so they were like basically they started asking questions and he said that him and margaret had gotten into a heated argument and she said she was leaving to go back to her parents house Okay. But her parents' house was over an hour's drive away in normal weather. Mm-hmm. And okay. so there's a really bad snowstorm that delayed yeah. them by an hour. Yeah. So, um, th- like, it just, that wouldn't, that wouldn't have made sense. Yeah. She had apparently stormed out just minutes before the couple had arrived for dinner. Okay. Somehow, I guess the couple didn't ask, like, how did Margaret plan to get there? Because their car was still parked in the driveway. I was just going to ask. Yeah. They they had one car. Yeah. And it was there. So and Philip the saying that Margaret stormed out and she was going to go to her parents' house, which obviously you couldn't walk there. No. If it's an hour away, like, you're going to need vehicle to get there. Yeah. Especially in a, especially in a snowstorm. Like, yeah. where would she and have gone? Imagining that, like, the LTC wasn't, like, oh, bippity-bopping no. back then. <laughs> no. Uh, probably not. And London definitely Transit. not out to Essex County. <laughs> no. <laughs> so they, I guess, didn't really ask about that. I guess they just accepted his sort of explanation of, like, she, we had an argument and she stormed out. Um, interesting. Very so interesting. the next evening, Philip called the London police station to report margaret missing because she hadn't come back and he knew he knew that you needed to wait 24 hours to report someone anyways so i guess even though most people still like i don't want to say most people but we do hear stories about parents or someone or spouses being like i know it's 24 hours but like i know they're missing you know but he obviously didn't i don't i don't want to say he didn't care enough he obviously just didn't wasn't compelled enough to call them maybe he wasn't like super worried like yeah 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 so he he called at the 24-hour period and report he did report her missing he explained what he had said to his friends the night before that they'd gotten into an argument about a large amount of empty liquor bottles Mm. which not surprising i guess and she stormed out just before 8 p.m he explained that he thought she was just like bluffing as some sort of like you know like dramatic yeah i'm gonna leave you uh, if you don't quit i'm just gonna storm out and like he just assumed she would come back so he like called her bluff and never went out looking for her okay so the police made a series of phone calls over the next few days and weeks like interviewing people who who knew margaret um somehow i guess a search was never conducted um weird yeah yeah it seems pretty yeah that it seems, seems like weird. a pretty nonchalant investigation to me to be honest especially because she was pregnant she was five and a half months pregnant yeah she walked out in the middle of a snowstorm in the middle of a blizzard yeah that seems strange to me but apparently there wasn't any search conducted um and usually too like okay let's say hypothetically speaking let's say the story is accurate because i don't know what's happening mm-hmm. but at this point let's say her saying oh i'm gonna go to my mom's house is like the truth mm-hmm usually when someone has like a destination in mind like you check in with that destination yeah and if they're checking in with like her parents and she hasn't arrived yet i would be saying a search should be done yeah because yeah usually like if you you can't just like chalk someone up to a runaway if they had a destination like no of course not like i mean no it just wouldn't make sense for her to go anywhere else or to go off on her own And, and we go back to she didn't have a car no she could only get so far on foot yeah 
So, you know, it just, and it's like two I nights like after it, Christmas, too. Yeah, like, I feel like it would make sense to be like, well, she can only go so far. So if we just do a search of the area, yeah. that'll at least cover that part of it. Yeah. Unless, you know, and then we have to if we don't find her, then we maybe go on to another theory. Of like, did she get picked up by somebody or whatever? Yeah, but you can explore outside yeah do the bare minimum i don't know but yeah usually you should do the bare minimum usually when someone's life is at stake but yeah but i mean sometimes you don't have to it's fine Mm -hmm. obviously it didn't seem i i'm wondering too if maybe like maybe philip was acting like he didn't care very much maybe like maybe they were getting that vibe and they're like okay maybe we don't need to because there's no pressure on us like but even still i I feel like i I agree i think you should like for the for the person who's gone missing like do your job for them but we know that lots of missing people get brushed off as runaways or whatever, or it's not taken super seriously, even when the family is like, do your fucking job, putting pressure on the police. Yeah. So if he's not, that could have influenced them to be like, well, OK, maybe we'll put it on the back burner for now because we have other things to worry about. And this guy doesn't seem that worried. Like, yeah. maybe this is something normal. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. There's a million things we could speculate on, but. On on top of this, the new the subdivision they lived in was new. So it was basically surrounded by farmland on a couple of sides of it. Okay. And um and again, Margaret walked out in the middle of a like a whiteout yeah. snowstorm. So there is a lot of land that could have been searched. On were you about to say yeah. something? I was just gonna say, like, yeah, with that area, like past that one complex of apartments, like it is just like a vast open field of like yeah. soccer fields well now and there's a, a lot of fields and parks and stuff yeah yeah back in the 60s yes it was probably just that was probably the edge of the city yeah so there's just well because even just one road that, there's like then... one other section of homes mm-hmm. and then it is the edge of the city yeah like even right now that's where mm-hmm. it ends mm-hmm. so um on january 24th so we're like basically a month almost a whole month, a month yeah. on because she went missing on i think it was the 27th yeah yeah so we're almost exactly a month on January 24th. Two young boys who lived in the, in the neighborhood were out wandering around in the fields and stuff or in the mm. um, undeveloped land. And they stumbled across the frozen corpse of Margaret Sheeler. Oh, my God. She was surrounded by a few frozen weeds only a few hundred meters from her home Oh, in a vacant lot set to be developed into more houses. See, had they just she was search. so close to her home they could have done a search yeah and like maybe even found her alive she was lying there for a month oh no yeah and those two young boys had to find i know that. Like, i know and i'm like that's whole life. so traumatic she was well this is this is what they found she was stripped completely naked no no and found lying on her back her almost six month pregnant belly pointing straight up to the sky her clothes were laid in a massive 30-foot perimeter circle around her body. Why? That's so weird. I know. That's a lot of staging. Yeah. That's a lot. That's not like, oh, I just happened to kill someone here and that's how they ended up. That's purposeful. Yeah. That's, yeah. The body was extremely well preserved because it was the cold weather. Like, yeah. yeah, because it was it's obviously super cold here in January. It's like borderline freezer temperature. Yeah. Yeah. And especially that many years ago, it yeah. would have been um, consistent. Like there probably wouldn't have been a single day that was above zero. Yeah. It was probably like, let like it thaw. Yeah. Yeah. So she was basically frozen for that entire time. And it, and it was on record that it had been a very, very cold January of that year. She had been 
beaten in the head and the face and the autopsy reported that she died of blunt force trauma fuck the pathologist also stated that she had been killed elsewhere and was then immediately brought and dumped at this location whoa which was only accessible by foot so someone had to like carry her or drag her in yeah that's brutal Mm -hmm. but obviously you wouldn't know because she's been lying there for a month it probably snowed like you there would be no tracks tracks are gone there would be no tracks yeah yeah um there was no sign of sexual assault thank god yeah her her coat was also nowhere to be found the rest of her clothes were spread around her in a circle but her coat wasn't there that's weird yeah i'm wondering like i'm wondering weird one i'm wondering if she left with her coat or not like or if it was just like a storm out and i'm going and not grabbing anything i don't i don't know and and uh, it was mentioned in the book that it's we don't know we don't know whether she didn't take her coat at all or whether the killer took her coat um and and like philip obviously just wasn't paying enough attention to know whether she and took it or not and he was drunk so it seems to me like one i don't know i'm thinking of one of two scenarios either she was bluffing and she didn't take her coat because she was intending to come back maybe she was just standing outside yeah and got snatched up by somebody and then didn't get the chance to come come home obviously or she did take her coat because she wasn't bluffing and she's like i don't care i'm just gonna walk in the snow or and then i'll hitchhike home yeah um so yeah we it's we don't know hmm. but her coat wasn't there so Did philip do it let me get to the end okay, and then we can fuck, discuss. god damn it okay um we're we're almost at the end really because um the the crime scene like i said showed evidence of significant staging and yeah that's in, a lot yeah in murder city michael arnfield suggests that the motive for the crime was not sexual in nature because she wasn't sexually assaulted, but the staging of her naked body and clothes like all placed all around her mm-hmm. suggests the killer wanted the police to believe that there was a sexual motive. Yeah. Or it's some kind of like ritualistic behavior. But yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. With like that intention. But especially with her being naked, right? That you would. Yeah. You would look at that and your first gut reaction might be oh was she sexually assaulted yeah but then finding out that she wasn't means that it rules people out it couldn't yeah it rules out a sexual motive for the murder but um shortly after margaret's body was found her husband philip and her former boyfriend that had followed her to the city were nowhere to be found Mm, both of them both uh, yes both of them so then who did it i I know um like rumors rumors led people to believe it was philip more than the former boyfriend but the police like legit just like didn't do anything to try and track either of them down and just left it you know what i feel like okay Uh, yeah that's 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 frustrating isn't that infuriating that's really frustrating because like first of all it could be anybody well, it could be anybody because I think because of the staging in this sort of weird ritualistic manner that she was staged in, to me, not saying that it couldn't have been someone close to her. Yeah. Someone close to her could have could have had those deep rooted motives or tendencies yeah. or um, paraphilias, mm-hmm. but it feels not personal to me i don't know why well for some reason my gut oh and also who gives a shit about what my gut says but like i just feel like it couldn't be philip because let's say his drunken story is truthful let's say 
that hour isn't like enough time for him to beat her to death, take her all the way out there. Not all the way. It was still close, but also like coherently make it back in time to greet his friends that he wasn't sure what time exactly they'd be like arriving. Yeah. And well, because, yeah, they were supposed to arrive at seven. They yeah. arrived an hour late, but you don't know how like this isn't time of like cell phones and no, things like that. Like, exactly. They, they could have been arriving at any minute. Yeah. And and also food was prepared. Did he kill her in the house because she was it was blunt force trauma. There probably would have been blood. So like, yeah, you're right to have time to clean that up, drag her out there, uh, yeah. stage all of her clothes. Like, I feel like the friends would have seen more of like a kerfuffle. Like they would have been like, OK, like things are tossed around. Like it looks like something went down. Like if it was philip you know what i mean yeah and i don't know i just, don't know i feel like i i, I but can't, it, I, you I can't know. rule out the possibility but yes he also it's not like he was faking being a belligerent drunk he was a belligerent drunk like yeah he was wasted by the time they got there so and we don't really know that many serial killers that are like well jeffrey dahmer maybe is like the exception but like yeah. not not a lot of serial killers or killers in general are able to like successfully pull off a murder and not get caught while extremely intoxicated. Exactly. Like, and the that's, only reason that's difficult. Adamer was able to do that is because nobody was looking for him and like nobody was around. Like he had time yeah. is what I mean. Like he wasn't rushing for the most part. Like he was bringing these guys back to his apartment and like. And I think he was more like they like were there for days. alcoholic too. Yes, exactly. Not Whereas, like the belligerent like, kind where it's like, oh. Yeah. And so it just seems implausible to me that he could pull that off that's, while that's being what I mean. in that it's state. Like, I'm not saying that he isn't actually like capable. I just think in that state, not necessarily the most realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Suspect. And I don't, we, I, but, but this, there's no information about her former boyfriend. Like I have no idea what kind of a person he was or whatever. And also, but usually if a former boyfriend's willing to move cities for you, he's also willing to murder you. <laughs> But that's just like, I mean, that's yeah. also, again, uh, my gut speaking. And that's what I mean is like, if we had more information about was he heavily stalking her? Because then he's definitely a good suspect. Yeah. But was he just sort of like longing for her and was like, well, maybe I'll just move to London because like if something goes wrong, I'll just be close by. But also like, it could but, be any end yeah, of the, but that even, spectrum. OK, men, even that scenario is creepy. Don't. Oh, do it's that. creepy. Don't get me wrong. It's creepy. <laughs> I just don't know if it's murder level creepy. Because I um, there's no information about him. Every time. Uh, of course. <laughs> no, so, like so, I feel like if an ex did move to like Newmarket, let's say, and they were like, hey, just let me know if things go south with Drew, I'd be like, I'm calling the police right now. <laughs> like, just in case if any of them happen to listen to this, like, <laughs> just know the police are already being called. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean... I think, I think it's definitely... I'm leaning more know. towards the ex-boyfriend, but... But again, maybe there was some creeper but living next door. But it still feels to me like, I don't know. For and some again, reason, it feels like a stranger attacked it, me and it, I don't I feel, know why. See, I also get that feeling because mm -hmm. like, this is very presumptuous. But like, if it was the ex-boyfriend that was longing for her, like for there to be no sexual assault. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking That's the part where too. I'm like, well, that doesn't really make sense mm -hmm. if it's the, the boyfriend. And again, with the staging, like that is very weird. Unless this boyfriend was already a weird someone dude. like that who who maybe would have like had those. Um, yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. Like maybe would have killed someone and had those urges, like, desires, desires to first all this staging the and staging and the, interesting. Like the psychology behind that, why people do that. Okay, maybe he was already that person, but it seems 
yeah uh like a bit of a stretch considering yeah and she had dated him yeah and staging too i feel like that's something that is just like if it's your first murder you don't necessarily stage on your first one no and that's the thing is it feels like something that's been done before yeah to me yeah especially with the forethought of it's not sexual in motive, but he's trying to make the police believe it was sexual in it motive. It feels because almost back in way the 60s, too thought out for it to be a, a one-off. Yes. Yeah. That's that's what it feels like. So anything's a possibility. Philip could have been a serial killer. The ex-boyfriend could have been a serial killer and we Margaret know. didn't know. And she was just that's ended true. up one of their victims. But it feels sucks. Yeah. like random to me in a way. Yeah. Oh, what a weird one. And, and, and Philip and the boyfriend could have just left because the boyfriend's like well i came here for her and she's not here anymore so i'm gonna go back to wherever (laughs) and philip might have just been like i'm out of here like i don't know and maybe maybe he was worried that people were gonna point the finger at him and he's like i'm just gonna go it doesn't surprise me that they would have run off but it does look suspicious to me it's just that both of them did it yeah you know what's funny though it's it's we always say this too with like cases where it's just like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't like yeah, it is one of those things like everything if you, looks suspicious if you stay yeah. put it's suspicious if you leave it's suspicious <laughs> so just don't do anything suspicious guys just stay put don't move don't, don't say move. anything don't move but also move as far away as possible do both of them do everything and nothing yeah ah. Ah. gotcha gotcha <laughs> you son of a bitch it out <laughs> so so yeah unfortunately that is that is where margaret sheeler's story ends that's it, interesting. it is still an unsolved case where's philip at we gotta find him i know <laughs> like is he still alive it's probably like no maybe uh, maybe oh, it could be he'd be maybe. super old yeah at this point and but i would guess a lot of liver damage probably i'd guess unless he's sobered up after this incident yeah, who knows still, possible that's how damage is hope, done. hope he did phil i hope so i hope you got the help that you clearly needed yeah yeah if you're listening for whatever reason <laughs> if this and is if you, you are you're probably super old can you hear us <laughs> that was an insensitive joke but that's all you right. know what sometimes i gotta whip them out <laughs> just i don't know why i, I don't just know had to just, stare at you in I a know. weird way no one else obviously saw that but we just like paused and stared longingly at each other <laughs> okay so okay. moving on to case number two okay like I said, these aren't connected. It's just um, I kind of grouped them this way because they don't have any connections to a lot of the other cases okay. we're going to talk about. So they're kind of like on their own. What we're talking so about. So this next one is about a 16-year-old girl named Glenda Tedball. Okay. She lived with her family on a 50-acre farm just outside of Thedford, Ontario. Okay. Which is about 40 to 45 minutes like northwest of London. Okay. She was described as shy and kind of kept to herself but a nice girl and thedford was i mean i'm assuming it still is not like a large town but i haven't even heard of it yeah it's a small town but back then probably even smaller so most people in community knew her Mm -hmm. on october 31st so halloween halloween which is going to be a sign part of, the devil. of this. Yeah, of sign course. Of the sign of the devil. devil. <laughs> so on October 31st, 1967, Glenda had stayed homesick from school. On that afternoon, she was seen walking into the woods at the back of her family's property. Okay. And was never seen again. Mm. By whom was she seen? Her 
mother i'm okay. going to assume i will explain okay. that later because i thought i thought that too i was like well seen by who like somebody like but she lived on a 50 acre farm so i'm assuming it wasn't any neighbors or anything okay i'm assuming it was her mom and i'll tell you why later okay. but okay but she was seen walking into the forest okay. and um she yeah and it, she just vanished if that's the last time you're seen walking into a forest is never a good last place no to be seen. of course not of course not no. the the town of thedford was deeply disturbed and they were they were like terrified because it's a small town it's a small community stuff like that just doesn't happen there we've heard that story before right so and they didn't really know what what it meant is is it just going to be clenda is it going to be more people like what what happened right so the local police immediately declared the case suspicious and assumed foul play you know what? I like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I like that. Yes. I would rather every single case that goes through the, like, police's hands be deemed suspicious and foul play and then, like, proven otherwise. Because yeah. I was just like, they might actually Well, it's better to, it. like... I know. I'd rather... This might sound bad. It's better to assume the worst oh, and yeah, then have I it turn out agree. to not be true than to be like, oh, they just ran away. They're probably perfectly fine and yeah. healthy somewhere else and I think living when... a new life. Like <laughs> They're so happy. <laughs> I I always agree, too, when it comes to, like, crime, where it's just like, I'd rather assume the absolute worst than assume the best because then it's way more disappointing. Well, and when if it... you assume, like they did, that it's foul play, then more action will be taken yes. to find that person than just be like, oh, we just assume they're somewhere else now. Yeah. And we do nothing. No, people don't. People don't just disappear. Uh, no, even if they are running away or they're transient, like there is always some kind of a like somebody saw something or there's a record somewhere. And like so many of the cases we've talked about, especially when it's a minor, someone should be looking for that person, yes. even if they intentionally yes. ran away. That's a child. That's they a child. To, they, they need to be accounted for. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> we need to at least know where they are. Yeah. So, so the police and and like I said, I think. Thedford being such a small place, the police probably knew her. They probably knew her family. Yeah. So they, she wasn't the type of girl to run away or to go off with someone she didn't know. Her family knew that and the community probably also knew that too. She was described as being someone who always did what she was told, especially when it was from like an authority figure or okay. like an adult. So there was a bit of worry like, oh, well, maybe maybe someone told her to do or maybe she was following someone because she was feeling like she had to but aside from that she wasn't the type of person to just go off with strangers or anything like that so the fact that she went missing on halloween naturally i guess this isn't surprising to me ignited a slew of like rumors in the town yes that satanic panic and all exactly yeah yeah, that made their way all the way back to london because this spread so much because there was so much speculation yeah and like almost like a lore that was created about oh, the this. second any kind of crime takes place on halloween people like romanticize it in the worst way possible absolutely yeah. so there was tales of like forest people and like pagan ritual sacrifices forest and, people yes like literally have Sorry. you ever seen the movie the village no it's i haven't oh, i know i know it's like so one of those good. movies you like have to see it's on my list this I will is what watch i'm it. picturing when people when i'm reading about these rumors that people are like oh there's like forest this community people. of like pagans that lives in the forest that we never knew about until now as if that's yeah. even whatever yeah <laughs> Haley's getting but... like really flustered <laughs> just like, so ridiculous and don't get me wrong i mean if this happened in my town i would be like all in it i'd be like let's you'd go find the, them guys you'd be the one starting the rumors <laughs> did you guys hear about the forest people <laughs> i would be like i would just want to go look for them i'd be like let's go find them but they they did technically they local police and volunteers searched 
the many, many acres of forest and farmland in the area, but nothing turned up. They didn't find Glenda, first of all, but they also didn't find any signs of forest people or pagan rituals I or I- anything. Those little teepee-looking structures in the Blair Witch Project. None of that none shit. None of that. Yeah. No. They didn't find anything. Honestly, I naturally assumed they didn't find any of that because... Oh, okay. <laughs> and this is the part where I get to where they're like, and then there's the blood sacrifice that they found. <laughs> yep. And then there was this marble arch that they just sacrificed goats on. This cave full of human skulls. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not, oh, not, not in this case. No. But maybe, it maybe it, next week's case. I don't know. But it still didn't really stop like the rumors right like they did the searches and blah 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 but people are still like it's happened on halloween so it's weird and people that really stuck to this case and like i said making its way to other towns and like places like london where then the people that are talking about it don't even know glenda it kind of consumed the entire case yeah because people were talking about the possibilities of what could have caused this as opposed to talking about glenda herself yeah you know people so, just want to solve it and you can't really solve anything until you actually like know the person mm-hmm. and i get it i mean she she vanished into thin air so people want an explanation and when there isn't a logical explanation people have to fill that gap with something else then yeah. in order to try and understand it yeah but um n- nonetheless they didn't find anything they didn't find her so slowly newspapers stopped covering the story and glenda's name kind of kind of just went it it went away into almost this like local legend that was constantly attached to these theories of witches and pagans and monsters and all that stuff so it's like she was still known but as time went on and the years went on it yeah it kind of just became almost like this urban legend yeah exactly like an urban legend yeah so Almost like it didn't even happen, but everyone knows about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure people in t- in the town for decades on were talking about, oh, yeah, that girl that went missing on Halloween yeah. and in the 60s and everything, right? But just for a long time, no one ever knew what happened. So mm-hmm. sometime after the winter of 1968, so she went missing Halloween of 67. Okay. So after that winter, Glenda's family home burned to the ground. So suspicious. Mm-hmm. So suspicious. There's literally, like, to me, there's nothing more suspicious than someone's house just, like, magically burning to I the know. ground. I know. And the family just sold the plot of land and they just moved away. Hmm. I mean, on their end, probably, like, good for them to just, like, make their peace and move. Yeah. Because they've obviously been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, you're saying, mm-hmm, like. <laughs> I know, because I'm just like, okay, we, uh, we got to get to the end. But. Because um, <laughs> I'm here probably saying things I'm not supposed to be saying. And. No, it's not that you're not supposed to be saying. You can calculate all you want. Okay. All right. Over over the years, um, though, as unidentified human remains were found around London and the province and even the entire country, all of Canada, those remains were compared to Glenda's DNA and dental records that they had on file in the hopes of of discovering her so she was still um those samples were still compared they were still trying to see because eventually i don't know exactly what year or decade we'd get into but eventually there is like a an online system that would be where all of the dna that they have for missing people are then compared to unidentified human remains and and found so i guess identifying unknown human remains has become um obviously it's become much more possible with the advancements of like forensic science yeah. 
Um, but I guess two things I didn't know. So Jane Doe's outnumbered John Doe's four to one. Not surprised. She's a, I'm not surprised. I didn't know that, but I'm also not surprised. But it's mm-hmm. it's a lot. That is a lot. At the time of Michael Arntfield's book, Murder City, being written, he said that there were only 14 Jane Doe's on file awaiting identification in the entire province of Ontario, which is actually pretty good mm-hmm. considering how like it he's basically saying that just goes to show how good this the science is and the and the comparison that it in works. The system that like they are constantly being compared yeah. and we are constantly making matches we only have 14 ontario is a very big province yeah it's the most populated province in canada i think question mark yeah i'm, I'm not pretty sure. sure i'm not sure um so that's that's not bad Four, i would assume 14. it is i think it is yeah we'll yeah. find out we'll think, correct ourselves later yeah so um <laughs> So, so yeah, that's, that's not bad. So Glenda's remains not being found, like, doesn't mean that they weren't checking. Yeah. The file of Glenda Tedball was another that was eventually absorbed by Dennis Alsop, who I've mentioned a few yes. times, the detective that's mentioned a lot in the Forest City Killer and Murder City and is this sort of unsung hero of the OPP in mm-hmm. London and surrounding area and stuff. So, um, but with no leads and no body, there's just no, there's not even, a lot to even go a detective on. as amazing as Dennis was, there's there's nothing you can do at that point. Yeah. Like you know it's a he, pretty cold case. Yeah. It's it's piling up on his desk with all of the all of the other many cases that he had, and there's just no there's no leads, there's no other witnesses, there's no body. So it it just went cold. Um twenty-five years after Glenda's death in nineteen ninety-two. Her death certificate was issued and she was officially declared dead. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if there's like a standard amount of time or if that's like the family's decision. I don't know. But that's yeah, I'm not in sure. 1992, she was declared dead. In 1999, Glenda's mother, Norma Poor, passed away. But apparently in her final days, literally on her deathbed. Nope. She made a confession. No. She told glenda's father no that in 1967 she had discovered that glenda had been involved in an ongoing relationship with 34 year old edward grattan who was a man with a mild delay who lived in thedford that was a friend of the ted ted ball family okay and she found out about this affair sometime how old was she wasn't she she 14 16 okay and he was 34 so he was twice her age yeah so with that Again, age gaps are cool and all, but when they're illegal, they're not cool. (laughs) No, no. And that's why her mom was so shocked and horrified. And also when she found out sometime in the fall of 1967, we don't know exactly when, um, Glenda had become pregnant. Haley just dropped her mic and stormed out of here. And that's (laughs) the end of this episode. (laughs) So Norma, obviously very angry and this is like i said this is a 60s so she's like even now if that were to happen it would be scandalous like Mm -hmm. for a town a small town to find that out yeah it's something you make a movie about yeah like you her mom was mortified and then you go back 60 years and like just double that triple that 100 times the embarrassment and the inappropriateness and, and the shame and whatever so she was basically like, we, there's no way we can let anyone find out about this. So 
on I'm I'm going to I'm going to give a little bit of a warning here. This this is this not going to be easy to hear for people and there is talk about an an abortion. Okay. So, okay. Just if anyone maybe that's a touchy subject for people, I would just say maybe skip the next minute or so. Okay. Um on October 31st. Do I get to skip or have to sit here and listen? You have to sit here and okay. listen. You don't have a choice. Damn it. <laughs> if you walk out of here, I'm just talking to myself. So. <laughs> Can you imagine if I was just like, okay, so keep going. I'm just gonna take a step out. <laughs> <laughs> Becky's just hiding in the closet. <laughs> you just see like one eye poking through. Okay, um, continue. So continue. on October 31st, mm-hmm. while Glenda was quote unquote homesick home okay. from school, Norma called Edward over to the house. In the dirt floor basement of the Ted Balls farmhouse, under dim light, Edward bound and gagged Glenda while her mother attempted to perform an abortion with a coat hanger. That is just so violent. I know. I know. I like I, I wasn't actually expecting it to go that route. You you don't usually and I know that it's something that like people say offhand because it's sort of like oh yeah like coat hanger abortions and stuff. yeah but it's like it's because of stories like this though that that even started because like this people have done this before it's been done it's like not not successfully like and no. not healthily and not no no and these are the exact dangers of abortions being illegal and people trying to do them at home or by themselves or not no. with the supervision of a doctor no it will kill you um and yep. and it killed her she she did um she did die of blood loss and oh shock my god obviously because what i it, it, because there's no other way that could go other than horribly horribly wrong what kind of a mother is able to do that to their own daughter i that's what i don't get well someone who's more concerned about their public image than they are about this yeah the possibility of killing her i mean like i don't know if in the 60s you this have was something be... where people were like you you heard about this so maybe maybe you're works. like there's rumors about someone having one and it's like yeah they had one and like they're fine so maybe i can do it for yeah, her I but guess. they had to bound and gag her yeah that's so the thing it's, it's like also against her will that's the thing if she was like hey i don't want this like let's sort out some options here and you hear stories all the time about people being sent away to like a nunnery or something and and having a baby and then they come back and it's like wow why were you gone for nine months do that then do that you know i just do that i don't know how or do the old oh it was me pregnant the whole time the mom like yeah i just don't know how this seemed like the best and only option well it wasn't so but it was not the best option and it wasn't the only option and no no No, that's fucked yes that's very fucked well even more fucked is that norma buried glenda's body underneath the dirt floor of their basement what about did glenda's father no he didn't know any of this no she told him this on her deathbed this was a few days before she died so she kept this secret for 20 seven 28 years the fuck okay and she that would fuck you up finding that out yeah oh like i i wouldn't even i feel like if i was that husband i wouldn't even like let my wife then die of natural causes i'd be like ah, i'm taking you out let's fucking well, you i also bitch. feel like you with all the research we've done in true crime and um 
you hear a lot of families talk about the fact that like it's really hard when for them obviously when a child or a family member or whoever goes missing and you never know what happened to them Mm -hmm. but there is that other side of it where if they never found a body and they never confirmed her that she that she was murdered there's it's reasonable to assume that her dad was sitting there for all those years being With like, hope. but there's a 1% chance she could walk back through that door. And how do you like go to bed beside your spouse every night? Like probably hearing him be like, I, I can't wait till she comes home. Like one, one of these days yeah, she's I just going to come hope. home. Like I have hope, you know, and you get to lay do. there beside her. Like, how do you, I, that's what I don't understand about people who like have huge secrets like that, where it's just like, how are you able to carry on a regular conversation? And not have the guilt. It would eat me alive. Literally kill yeah, you. I wouldn't. Like, I just, I don't think I would be able to do I it. I feel like I wouldn't be able to make it into old age. Like I, I can't even keep like a secret from Drew about a Christmas present for like more than five minutes. I've, I know I've told you that before. And it's just like, imagine like a monumental secret. Yeah. I, you, you, that's just, no, that's crazy. Yeah. No. It's so upsetting. Um. So she, like I said, she, she buried Glenda in their basement and then told everyone that they that she saw her wander off into the woods so who reported her missing then it didn't really say i'm assuming it was probably the dad like or something her or the family yeah. like someone in her family maybe both of her parents i don't oh, know and then this edward guy like man he kept a secret too like oh oh yeah oh yeah so norma like she never revealed whether she was behind the fire that burned down their house i'm gonna assume yeah yeah but yeah i mean i feel like that's too much of a coincidence way too much and if it isn't a coincidence that's literally lucifer trying to be like come with me bitch yeah well yeah (laughs) so i mean whether yeah not to glenda to the mother Uh, yeah absolutely (laughs) like but i guess it just wasn't something that Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm assume, in my head. I'm also like thinking if you're doing a deathbed confession and you're just like I'm gonna die, so I'm just gonna tell you everything. I would also admit to the fire if I did it. Like I just feel like why yeah. not? Why not well, just yeah, be like? And like, then that's your... why the house burned down because I did that. But she didn't say anything like that. So I don't know. Who knows? It could hmm. have been a coincidence, but it does I, seem a bit suspicious. It's to way me. too coincidental for it to be a coincidence, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, but um, regardless, she. She kept the secret from her husband and family for, sorry, over 30 years. Mm-hmm. I think I said 28. No. That's you said 60, 27, but I think 27 it's, or 28. No, I think it's 67. <laughs> it's like 32 years. Every time we try to do math, yeah. it's just like crickets for a while. <laughs> it's like because I was counting on my fingers. 30, 32 years. Sorry. Yeah, I think I missed five years there. but um, Just a casual five years. But over over 30 years is a really, really long time to keep a secret like uh, that. But after, At least she confessed. Like, At least she did. At least. Can you imagine? I mean we would never well we would never know this would be i would be telling you the story and be like and then she was never seen again and i would probably be like it was the forest people and i'd yeah i'd say yeah for sure it's the forest people it, who else would it be and we would have never in a million years been like oh i bet she got pregnant and then had this crazy I thing would, happen underneath her floorboards like it's just i would never in a million you'd never years. guess it no that's something you can't even like write about because it's just like that's so wild no who thinks of that shit not me i not me so she so after norma died um glenda's father went went to the police with the information and told them that like on her deathbed my wife confessed to this which apparently is 
the most notable exception to the hearsay rule. So I think that I have read something about this before, and I'm sorry I didn't look further into ah, this, Haley. but I have heard that a deathbed confession is like one of the, like it's something that you almost can't dispute in a way. Mm-hmm. It's 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 seen as... Like almost factual. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's something that I think when it's when he said the hearsay rule, I think that you can kind of like in a court of law. If Basically you, if chalk it up to gossip. Yeah. If yeah. you're saying this person said this, but you can chalk that up to hearsay if it's there. You can't prove that. Yeah. It's just hearsay then. But if someone does it on their deathbed, that is the exception to it. Not okay. being hearsay, I guess. Okay. Is, is what I'm I'm getting from that statement. So interesting um 66 year old edward grattan who was living in london at this time was very quickly arrested and he later corroborated everything norma had confessed good catch his ass because he helped yes he did he was charged with statutory rape and Mm -hmm, murder mm -hmm. following his confession the land where the ted ball's home once was was excavated but Glenda's remains have never been found. Oh. Yeah. That's the weirder part to me. Weird. Because I'm like, okay, well, if they went and they like, wouldn't there you There would have to be. Wouldn't you know where the house was? I mean, even if it's like it burned down, someone else bought the land. Even if they built a house on it, like in a different place, wouldn't you somehow be able to tell like, you know what I'm saying? Wouldn't there still be something there or it was turned into a barn or I don't know. Yeah. Or it's just. I have no idea. Wouldn't you have like maps Some. of back then? Like, I don't know. Wouldn't there be a way for you to know y- yes. kind of like the general? And I'm sure they're not like, oh, the house was this many square feet. So we're only going to excavate. Like, I'm sure there's like a larger portion that where you're like, expand we know it's going to be somewhere in here. Yeah. So we excavate all of that. They didn't find anything. So. That's, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand that either. Um, hmm. Because I'm the kind of person where I'd be like, I would keep looking until I found it. Oh, yeah. I'm like, like I know, I know like, it was okay, here. Okay, we're going to spread now. We're going to keep going out. and There'd be no reason for them to lie about where they put the body at that point. There would be no reason to lie. No, there isn't a reason. But, like, you never know. I don't know. But because Unless they, they, yeah, moved it or something. I don't but because I... they couldn't find the body, there was no way to prove that the murder actually occurred. So... <sighs> Edward was, he pled guilty to illegally procuring an abortion in November 2000 and received a conditional sentence to be served in the community. Oh, okay, cool. So he literally, like, he didn't go to jail at all. No, yeah, yeah. And her mom obviously died. So basically no one served any time for this crime. No, no, no. No one did. There's no justice here. No. So obviously some people were... (laughs) outraged as some i think people. becky I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, you're like some people, some people are people outraged are... i literally just growled into the mic. but yeah some people in the community were obviously really upset and and clearly felt that this sentence wasn't proportionate to the seriousness yeah. of the crime mm-hmm. the case was technically logged under project angel which i mentioned in the last episode which was the task force that was established in 1997 to solve some of London's cold cases. Right. And I had mentioned in the previous episode that only two cases were cleared using DNA under Project Angel because they were 
they were trying to cherry pick some of the ones that maybe could be solved via yeah. DNA so they, they could get some wins. And <laughs> so one of them was Jane Woolley, who was murdered by Gerald Thomas Archer, the chambermaid right. slayer. Yes. And the other was Victoria Mayo, which was last episode, who was murdered by Sander Fulip. The third discovery, which was Glenda's case, was just pure luck. And, yeah. it, and, it, and, and her mom confessed to it less than a year before the task force was shut down. So they kind of like took that as like oh yeah we did we solved that one yeah too. even though they, claim it as even a, though they did they didn't do the work apparently glenda's case didn't even make the short list of cases for reinvestigation because there wasn't anything like, to go any on any dna for them to go there and was no body had her mom died without confessing there just wouldn't be anything to no go they on. never would have solved it yeah um but it just kind of slid in just just before project angel disbanded in 2000 so like technically that's under un, under that task force because the task yeah. force was for cold cases right yeah she she was a cold case but i don't think they should really get credit for that no no Um, well they didn't do the work yeah but glenda's case is officially solved and and closed but margaret sheeler's case is i don't know if it's still an open case but it's never been solved Mm. we'll solve it yeah yeah you wanna yeah we're gonna solve it okay you can't make claims like I know. Fuck. I'm sorry, guys. I probably won't solve it. We won't. We won't. We probably won't. I wish we could. If there was. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. We'll. I don't know. We'll we'll see as far as not not solving it. Sorry. I'm just like thinking in my head. I was like, whoa, are we actually doing? No, no, no. But there's a lot of um, there's a lot of connections in Murder City that can be made. And Margaret Sheeler's case, like I said, doesn't really feel connected to a lot of other things. But once we get to the to the end of all of the victims we're going to talk about mm-hmm. you never know we we might feel like oh that feels similar to this case so yeah. you never know because these all obviously took place in london and surrounding area yeah. so there are a lot of theories about some of these cases being connected there isn't much about margaret's but who knows we might find something it could it could have it, it could have been connected to something else or it like many other cases it could have been a serial killer they just only committed one crime in london and then moved on somewhere else like a traveling one yeah Mm. a traveler traveler a wanderer the traveler the travelers but that's uh those are the two i have for you today you did fantastic as usual now do you understand why at the end of this like when i told luke about glenda yeah. Temple, he was like well even i'm like can uh, we talk about something else no because I, I was like and then they did this and then he didn't serve any time for this and then he was like this is so depressing <laughs> he's like i'm trying to sleep <laughs> <laughs> and you're like and another thing <laughs> uh, people are just gonna have images of me just like standing over the bed like just shouting true crime cases at luke while he's true crime profanities all night <laughs> <laughs> no i swear i don't do that often um, yeah, I was going to be like, um, <laughs> pretty sure I've seen it happen, but, <laughs> oh, yeah, those sucked. I know. Doesn't it just leave you feeling icky? Like, yeah. It's just sad. They suck. I don't like these cases. Mm-hmm. Okay, just tell me to screw off. I'll just go home. Ugh, you, I'll, I'll never do home. them again. You are home. <laughs> I am at home. <laughs> go home, you <laughs> butthead. <laughs> it's your home now. Have it. I, I live here now. <laughs> I, I, this is mine. Well, yeah. What the hell? Always picking like fucking. A lot of these London ones are not. They're, yeah, they're unfortunately not going to have a, a lot of London re- resolution. Sucks. We have a lot of cold cases. That's not good. Yeah, we got to get our shit together. They I know, need man. us. London needs us now more than ever. 
<laughs> like we're heroes. This is your origin story. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other origin story I said for myself when I got here? It was something good. It's something oh. you're going to tell in the other case. Yes. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know what, guys? Stay tuned for Becky's origin story. Well, when this one comes out, <laughs> when this one comes out, my origin story would have already been told. Oh, you're right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the, honestly, the weirdness of recording something and then knowing we're like, yeah, it's going to be out of order. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. So in case for whatever reason, we don't put that one out first. I'm still not going to mention it, but it's com- you've already heard. Then, it. you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Becky's origin story. <laughs> <laughs> one of my origin stories, because I have a few. We've done this before where I'm I know. like, that's my origin story. We should start making a become- list. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm gonna. Another thing for me to, you know, write down with my fancy pens. Oh, that is something I should be writing down, though, if everyone wants to see our spreads. <laughs> or, oh, well, like yeah. our planners? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, our spreads. All right, cool. We're wrapping this up. All right. I'm ready to done being sad and bothered by London. <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed. And if you ever want to chat and connect with us, you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com or you can dm us or comment on our posts on instagram at how to not get killed and you can follow us on twitter at h2ngk and you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com thanks for listening everybody keep it slazy see ya see ya